Dan Seaborn here. Thank you for being a part of Winning at Home. For those of you who are listening on our podcast, thank you very much for using that. Those of you who still get this by CD, if you'd like to move to a podcast, just let us know. We can make that available for you. And let me just say thanks for being partners with us. As we head into 2019, there are lots of things on the horizon for us at Winning at Home. Obviously, in the forefront is the opening of our new, if you would call it, our new facility in downtown Highland where we're going to seek to reach those who are on the fringes, those who are going through some tougher times in life, and we're so privileged to get to partner with our community and to do this. And we love you and thank you for your prayers for us. Thank you for your support of this project. Thank you for support of the counseling that's going to happen at this project. And we're just so grateful that you're part of the team. And so as we move into 2019, just continue to pray that God will use us to make a difference here and around the world. And we're grateful to have this opportunity. I'm going to share with you a message called Battle Scars and Empty Jars. It's from the story and the life of Elisha and a lady whose life he touched through a simple act of kindness with some olive oil. Now, that may seem almost (laughs) too simple, but trust me, as you listen to this story, you're going to relate to it and you're going to say to yourself, wow, where could I be involved in someone's life by passing on something as simple as a little jar of olive oil? That's what we're hoping to do. In the Downtown Highland Project, we're hoping to be olive oil to the community. And I think as you listen to this message, that will make a lot of sense. So as you listen, put yourself in the story. Imagine living the life this lady went through and then see how God might use you also to make a difference in your community, in your family, and in the world around you. Hope you connect with what God would say as you listen to this message as we go to live, me sharing this with an audience. I'm going to tell you a Bible story today. The story is recorded in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to tell you the story. You can read it as you want to, or if you want to read it later, no problem. I'm just going to tell you the story. I was going to set the story up, but we're not going to set it up. I'm going to dive into it. So this lady whose husband worked for Elisha, the times were really bad in Israel, nasty times like exact opposite of what we experienced this morning in here they were worshiping as a nation Baal I mean it's hard for me to believe when I read that in the Bible this nation Israel who God had done amazing miracles for were worshiping Baal like they made a big statue and they would kiss the statue's feet trying to get more seductive and trying to get more success but Elisha This prophet, you've heard that name, Elijah and Elisha, the prophet that got the double portion from his favorite leader, Elijah. Elisha was doing ministry during those dark days in Israel, and he had a core of people, like Pastor has a staff here. This guy I'm about to talk about, he worked for Pastor Elisha back in the day, and this guy died leaving his widow and two sons. So this woman, and women were considered nothing, this woman loses her husband who works for pastor back in the day, and they don't have a lot, because in those days, the pastors would travel around, and they were just given whatever gifts they were given. They didn't get a lot of money. So this guy died, and this woman is left, look at this, in the darkest of times, so she feels hopeless there, no husband and two boys. She feels hopeless. And she calls out to Elisha, the prophet, and says, Can you help me? I don't know what to do. 
your servant, my husband, has just died, and I've got nothing, listen to this, and the creditors are coming after me. So her husband had got them into some debt, and in that day, the way you paid it off was you gave your children to serve the creditor until the creditor said, okay, your debt's done. Then you got your kids back. So she went to Elijah and said, I got two boys, my husband's dead, and I got nothing. Can you help me? And Elijah said, well, what do you have? Like, like what you got in your house? Maybe he's thinking in his mind, you know, we'll sell some stuff or whatever. What do you have? And she said, I got nothing. And he said, nothing? She said, well, I do, have, I do have one jar of oil. Some of you this morning probably feel like this is about all you got left. And Elisha said to her, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go around to your neighbors, and I want you to ask them for their empty jars. And then he said, and don't ask for just a few. Ask them for a lot of jars. So she got her. I brought one here to kind of illustrate this. Give me just a second. She got her little red flyer wagon. And she began to go around through the neighborhood asking for jars. Now, I want you all to picture back in the day, a little red flyer wagon. This is not a red flyer. This is a set, set two. And, and she started walking around with her two boys going through the neighborhood. Jars! Need some jars! J just picture it, okay? You know she didn't have a red flyer wagon. Y'all get all that. I'm just trying to make a point. So I'm walking around through the neighborhood with my two boys saying, Jars! Hey, hey, Molly, you got any jars? You got any jars? Now, now, now picture this. I've got my wagon full, okay? Got my wagon full. And I say to a neighbor, you got any jars? Neighbor, what are you collecting them for? I don't know. <laughs> what are you going to put in them? Not sure. Well, why are you collecting them? Well, he told me to. Sometimes in your life, can I just say something right here? It's about your obedience to what you're asked to do. Now, now, here's what we like. Go ahead, God and Elisha, and tell me the end of the story, and I might go collect some jars. But if you don't tell me the end, I'm not going to make a fool of myself walking around my neighborhood looking for jars. I'm going to look like I'm stealing from my neighbors. Elisha said, go ask, and don't ask for a few. Today, maybe already like 10 minutes ago when you were praying, did God show you something to be obedient to? And today, it's not about you knowing what you're going to be filled up with. It's just a matter of you taking the next step. See, let me tell you something about us Christians. We don't like to just take one step. We want to know the whole goal. Today, maybe you're just supposed to be obedient to one step. Right now in my life, I got something I'm trying to be obedient to. And I, I know where I want it to go. I don't know if that's what God's planning. I know right now I'm just supposed to be picking up empty jars. And this sometimes is hard. You're like, well, is it really going to be? What's going to happen? Am I going to end up with just a bunch of empty jars? I'm not sure I want to do it. I want to show you something about this lady. She was obedient to what she was asked to do. I know many people who when they get told what they need to go do, they don't want to do it pastor back in the green room and out we were just talking about someone this week 
who an opportunity was given to. You, you want to make something of your life? Here's the opportunity. And you know what they did? Squandered it. Because we say, i tell you what I'll do, God. I'll be obedient if you'll fill the jars up and let me know exactly what's going to happen. And God goes, that ain't the way I work, man. Some of you here today have squandered an opportunity. Maybe this morning was your chance to seek to be obedient to God again. Like you saw what just happened here, that was not man-made. You saw what God did. And inside your spirit, you thought to yourself, I, I need to obey God here. Then go take that step. She could have looked at Elisha and said, I'm not doing that. You go get me some jars. No, she went and got them. She loaded it up, pulled her little wagon, Said to Elijah, got the jars, I'm all ready. What do I need to do? He said, go in your house and close the door. And when you get in there, close the door with your two sons. Don't leave your door open, close it. Fill them up. The Bible says she walked into her house. One son would hand her a jar. She opened up this olive oil. And she started pouring. And the, and the doggone thing became like a hose, like a hose. The boy would hand her a jar. She'd fill it all the way up. And then she handed it to us, and I set that down on the next jar. You know, y'all ever fill something up, even water? You're like, quick, give me a jar, give me a jar! Pass it over. Okay, full, another one! Son, get them in line a little quicker, can't you? Because this is going good. Give me a jar. I got a little assembly line going on here. I, I, I just sometimes pause and ask you, can you imagine if this happened in your house this afternoon? Get the, set the iPhone up. We got to get this on Facebook. This is unreal! It would be amazing. It's a crazy miracle happening right here. And I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing God gave them some first-class olive oil. It seems to be that at the end of the story. I'll show you why. In other words, I don't think God puts junk oil in your vase. This morning, that wasn't junk oil that was flowing out across us. Actually, you know what we had in here this morning? What the world is looking for. Peace. Grace, forgiveness, hope, everything people go try to buy. You can't buy it. You can't buy it. And, and you, can't, you can't say, God, you know what? I want you to strike that presence down. It just comes. That's why God's God and we're just we're. God can do that. And she went to Elisha and said, Oh, my jars are full. In fact, at the very end of the story, when they were filling the jars, she finally said to her son, give me another jar, another jar. And he said, Mom, there's none left. And the oil stopped flowing. She went to Elisha and said, Elisha, um, all my jars are, are full. And he said, well, go sell them. Pay your creditors off. Notice, pay the creditors off. Take care of your responsibilities. And then there's enough left. For you and the boys. That's the end of the Bible. That's it. It's done. It goes to another story. Boom. Chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, another story. It's just seven verses, but in that seven verses, wow, does it pack a punch for us today. And I, I want to just share with you some personal observations I make about these Bible stories. They're in Scripture to let us learn some stuff. And with the time I have left, I want to tell you a few little things I believe it teaches us. The first one is this. God will use whatever you have left. 
somebody sitting here today thinks you've got less than this, and I would say to you, God will use you. Dan, I don't even have, all I got left is an old shoe. Perfect. You'd be surprised what he could do with a shoe lace. God can use absolutely anything to do what God does. And some of you have given up hope, and you've squandered the little piece of hope you had. She could have taken that olive oil and said, This ain't boys, we're pouring this out. This, we ain't got nothing else. We might as well finish it off. Y'all know people who are that way. Even when you try to help them, well, that's not enough. Help me a little more and I might try. Don't give me 10. What's $10 going to get me? One happy meal? If God allows you to be given a gift of $10, can you have an incredible, grateful spirit? It's because we're selfish. And this lady was not selfish. And if you want God to use your life, stop focusing on you. Don't squander the opportunity that God has given you. Second little point. I'm just going to go through them. The second little point is this. When you're in the middle of a miracle, don't miss it. Hey, when they closed that door and that oil started flowing, I'm, I'm sorry. I think the boys had to be going, Mom, what the world? And sometimes you read the story, oh, ho hum. I, I know they had that door closed and they told that little story, but I'm going to tell you something. For the rest of her life, we don't know what happened to this lady. She obviously died at some point. But I'll bet you till the end of her life, she was known as the, the oil hose woman. Something. That, that, that woman right there, you just... If she gets a hold of olive oil, y'all better run. She'd go over to her neighbor's house. Touch my olive oil, girl. And I don't want to miss when God does a miracle. So I'm going to use myself as an illustration of what not to do. I'm using Dan Seaborn as an illustration of don't be like me because this point right here, I missed it. I missed it last week. I'm going to tell you. I'm sitting in my house. I have prayed for my daughter, and you have prayed for my daughter, Anna, for many years, probably four or five years, I came here and first shared the story about her waywardness, so hope for that mom I prayed with today, listen to my story. So I've prayed for that girl. You have, some of you wrote me notes about it. When I come down off and I greet some of you, you'll tell me, still praying, thank you, thank you. So God, just let me finish the whole thing. God has done I can't even believe how, how God has changed my daughter, Anna. She, she is not the same girl. God has done something in her heart through a tough circumstance. God has got a hold of her heart. She is, her nickname growing up was Bubbles. I told her about two weekends ago, you are what I would call Bubbles again. She is back. She enjoys being with me. We shoot hoops together. We laugh together. She's, she'll be here. She'll be here in second service. I'm going to tell this story. She doesn't mind me sharing. She is back. Okay, she is back. It, it's crazy. So I'm sitting in my house, my living room. She's in the kitchen sitting on a stool doing something a week ago. She's in my house. Everything I prayed for for five years, God, bring her home, do a miracle. I can't see. I'm not sleeping at night. It's not going good. It's not a situation I want to be in. And God, please, do a miracle. And then he does. Listen, then he does. 
And you know what I saw myself doing last week? One week ago, I'm sitting in my living room. Miracle Girl is sitting over there on a stool. And I am not thanking God for that, etc. I got something else in my head right now that it seems like God's not paying attention to. And I'm sitting over in my little living room thinking about how God's not answered that prayer. And I'm a little frustrated about it. I'm sitting there going, God, why do you not hear me? Why do you not help me? Why do you not see I need help with this situation? And it's kind of like he went, hey, 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 hey. Look over at the stool in the kitchen. Don't miss the miracle you're sitting in the middle of. And I was like, oh, my goodness. She is sitting in my living room and answered a prayer, and I'm over here on to my next thing that I want from God. Is that us or what? Don't you dare miss this morning that something in your life today that you used to stay up and spend, the, you couldn't sleep over it. Oh, God help me. And that one's all good. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> If I spend as much time thanking the Lord for what he's done as I did asking him to help me with the situation. We, we spend a lot of time talking about what we want and need versus giving thanks and praise. And I don't want to miss the miracles. L listen, how fitting. I don't want to miss the little miracle we saw this morning when God's spirit fell right here. Okay? Don't, don't miss that God did something really amazing in this. Don't leave and go, how was service? That's fine. No, you leave and you say, the Spirit of the Lord came, and I don't know how to be more grateful than I am to know that I was in a place, listen, I was in a place this morning where I saw the Lord's Spirit work. How great of a beautiful moment is that? And I want to say to all of us, don't miss it because you're getting in your car right, driving right back into a world that doesn't even understand it. But you saw it. You were here. God came. Some of you came to this altar. You leave today with great hope. Don't you dare miss that miracle because God did that for you. <laughs> I needed a glass of water. I almost drank this. Can you imagine? <laughs> Good morning. He's throwing me that bottle right there. Number three, watch your credit line because creditors don't always have your best interests in mind. Now, if you're here and you're a lender, I'm not taking a shot at you. I have a house today because of you. Thank you. <laughs> but I want to say this. I, I, I just want to say to you, um, this wife got left in a pickle. We don't know exactly why, but I just want to say to you today, if you're in a situation where right now, if you passed away, your spouse or your family would be left in a pickle in a bad situation, don't do that to them. Don't do that to them. Try to figure things out. Um, and, and I want you to understand, it's almost humorous to me, we are really gullible people. We love credit. We live in a society right now is credit, credit. Come get this car, no payments for 15 years, and we give you a free chicken. I mean, it's crazy. The stuff we will do to get what we want. These commercials on TV, I saw one this morning. I was thinking about this commercial where we're so gullible. This is exactly what's wrong with us. There's that commercial that sells some kind of new drug that's come out. It's a minute commercial, and the first 10 seconds is talking about actually the drug. The next 50 seconds is telling you what's going to happen to you possibly if you take that drug. 
But while that 50 seconds is going, it's no problem because you've got pictures of mountaintops blowing in the breeze. you got women laying on couches. you got over here a guy on a sailboat just living up life. And in the, back, in the background, if you take this drug, you're probably going to die. Small children die just seeing it. Animals have been killed sniffing the drug. I mean, it's crazy. But we like it. And we think it's going to help us. And so I throw it in because we're gullible. And I just want to say to you, you can get yourself in a pickle really quick. I won't make you raise your hand, but I'm guessing somebody in here in a pickle. (laughs) Got some really bad credit. And you're being told, come on down. You don't even need credit. That right there ought to be a red flag. Because you're going to leave your family in chaos. And this lady, God did a miracle, but I'm sure there were many other ladies in that society that didn't have that outcome. So today, be really smart with creditors. Those of you who loan credit and help us with credit, thank you for caring for us, not take advantage of us. Because we are a gullible people. Fourth little point. You are not alone. This lady, when her husband died with two boys, she probably felt all alone. So I'm going to come this morning into this specific sanctuary. And I want to say to a single mom who has two children, the mom in this story, I want to say to you, you are not alone. God sees you right now. Perfect. God sees you. Um, Dan, I don't have anybody to talk to. Uh, This sanctuary is filled with, honestly, my last point is this. Go ahead and go to it. Uh, Be a good neighbor. Let me tell you from the story what that means. The lady went and got empty jars from the neighbors. Then after she got them filled up, guess who she sold them back to? The neighbors. They're like, well, this is my jar. Yeah, it's got really good oil in it now. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Wait, wait a minute, you know, what, 4,000, 5,000 people go to residence? I don't know for sure. I don't even know. Imagine what would happen if we all became good neighbors. Imagine if today um, you went home and you got a neighbor that you know is struggling with something. How fitting is that? There would be you sitting right down here in front of me. This is the mom I prayed with this morning. Bless you. Bless you. This wasn't set up either, was it? <laughs> so what, what would happen today if, if I said, hey, I got a little olive oil, and you got a tough situation here. There, there's a little bit for you. Pours kind of slow, doesn't it, kids? And I said, hey, take that olive oil now and do, try to pass it through your neighborhood. What would happen if we became that kind of neighbor? What if I didn't just focus on keeping my jar full? I decided I was going to pass it along to you. That's what I think this whole Sunday morning has been about. The Lord has kind of spoken to us and said, I'm going to share my sweet spirit with you. I'm asking you to take that olive oil I poured over your life today and go out of here and go make a difference in someone else's life. And I think that's what we need to do as individuals. Thanks so much for, again, taking this moment to listen to this particular Home Run Club. 
We're hoping as you listen to your challenge to think about where you could pass some olive oil out. In other words, where you could spread a little love, spread a little hope, spread a little grace. That's what we're trying to do through our Winning at Home ministry. And we, again, thank you for your partnership. We trust as you move into 2019 that God will watch over your year. In fact, I want to pray for just that to close out this month's edition of the Home Run Club. Father, thank you for this moment we've been able to share together. I pray you would use us in our lives, our families, our homes. Help us to be exactly what we talked about in this message, the ability to be a neighbor who shares love and grace because all of us know someone who needs a little hope. And I pray as we spread that love and hope and as you encourage our own spirit through that process that we would all grow closer to you and we also would grow closer to our own families. Thank you, Jesus, for these who are part of our team. Bless them in 2019. Amen. Thanks again. God bless you on behalf of all of us here at Winning at Home.